Disclaimer before the show. This is an entertainment-only podcast. It is not meant for educational purposes. Our views are our own, and they do not represent any of our employers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode two of Mind of the Ordinary Responder. On the show today, we have Linda with a Y, Tylenol, and myself. Uh, Please enjoy our 45 minutes of rambling. What up? I'm Betty. And I'm Tylenol. And today we have... Linda with a Y. Linda with a Y. Hello, everybody. Today we're just going to kind of dive into uh, you and your your studenting on the truck. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... um, What's it? What's it been like? Like, how's how's it been? It's been good. It's been fun. Yeah. I've enjoyed being on the truck with you guys. Oh, stop! <laughs> You're gonna make me blush. <laughs> so, why'd you choose the three thirty shift? Um. Well, we got our little list of preceptors. We had nine options, and I had worked with Betty before because I also oh. work at AMR with them. Ooh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. And I was like, well. I enjoyed working with her on the truck, and we had had a student that day. Oh, yeah. And you did some teaching with her, and I liked the teaching style, so I was like, this will be perfect. Cool. So I picked the 330. I appreciate that. That's pretty cool. Fair enough. So you've been with us for, for two 14, months? yeah, 14 shifts. This is our last shifts. one. The last shift. Yeah, you've heard us probably podcasting up front and... Occasionally, yeah. Were you, were you missing out? You're like, oh, I wish I could be a part. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's been your most favorite thing about being on the truck as a student? As a student? Yeah. Oh. So, like, like, say you don't have any, you don't work here, you don't work on the truck, just, like, as just a student. Um, Just the learning experience. I've always enjoyed learning, so... So getting to just come and learn, yeah, just coming to learn on the truck, getting to do stuff hands-on, So, which really means, I guess, the whole experience. (laughs) So what have you learned? Anything? Um, Yeah, CAPNO. They don't really know a lot of information about CAPNO. That's shocking that they don't really go into that. Um, I feel more confident in my medications than I did before. Uh, those are the two big things I feel like I've learned a lot about by getting to do stuff hands-on. So you had a lot of different preceptors before me. Mm-hmm. What were some negative things about those pre- preceptors? Um, I mean, or even us. Or, or yeah, or yeah. us. Um, there was a couple times with the preceptor where I felt that the time that they took on scene was too long. Mm-hmm. There was one time we had a call for a gal who had obvious deformity to the hip obvious deformity to the hip and it took us an hour to even get her off the bathroom floor why an hour yes was she a a super trooper she was a tiny old lady but she was in a lot of pain and the medic that I was with was so determined to get an IV to give her pain medication and so we spent like I think they poked her six to eight times, oh, no. and finally we gave fentanyl IM just say. to move her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then after we got her up on up onto the cot, we spent another like significant amount of time trying to get an IV 
because we were going to have to shorten the cot and sit her upright to get her out of the room. Mm-hmm. So it was going to jostle that he- hip, so they wanted to give her even more pain meds before we moved her. And I guess my whole opinion on the thing was, yes, you want to manage your patient's pain, mm-hmm. but she's in pain because she's lying on the floor with her hip d- dislocated. Right. Getting her to the doctor who's going to reduce that hip it's going to significantly shorten that amount of time that she's in pain. Yeah. So I felt like we were making our patients suffer just by leaving her on the floor with her hip dislocated. Did y'all put put her in a pelvic binder? Binder at all? Um, I don't think we did. No. no. Damn. Yeah. They didn't consider just like, you know, for the brief second picking her up just and taking her out. Yeah. Like that was kind of how I like, felt about so it. So that you didn't have to. I like, was also eventually like eventually we were just standing there. And I asked them if they had a, a combi board. Like the... The scoop stretcher? Yes, the scoop. Oh, yeah! I yeah. love the scoop stretcher. The scoop stretcher. That's what's up. And you call it a combi board? I've never heard uh, that before. I've yeah. never heard that before. Huh. Yeah, combi board, be scoop stretcher. Yeah, maybe. But I was like, well, do you have a scoop stretcher so we could at least get her off the floor? We were like 45 minutes in at Holy this point. Holy shit. Oh, my gosh. And they were like, yeah, I think we do. And they went out and got it, and neither of them had any idea how to use it. No shit. So I, Damn. like, had to take over the scene. I think it was, like, my sixth clinical. How long ago was this? I mean, it was at the very beginning of my clinicals. I was only, like, six clinicals in. So, like, how long ago? So June or? Like, February? No, we didn't start them that quick. Um, probably right around March, like the end of March. That's crazy to me because we literally had a whole training over how to use a vent, how to use a pelvic binder, and how to use a scoop stretcher. Like, there was a, yeah. like a, a CE class we had yeah. that they, AMR put on. It's been a while because we did it over at Spruce. Yeah, they brought it in, and they just both, like, stood there, and I was like, okay, give it to me. <laughs> I was wow. like, I'm, I'm done with waiting. And I was able to get them on the... That was, that was the one clinical that I've been on where I was like, yeah, this is exactly why I want to be a paramedic because I do not like the way that this is going right now. Yeah, that's like, how my wife feels. Like, she sees shit like that and she's like, I gotta be the paramedic. Like, yeah. I just, I don't know, the poor lady, she was in so much pain and she's just sitting on the floor and everybody, like, I'm like, let's let's do something and just sitting there scratching oh, their yeah. heads. Like, you see, I feel, I feel like that's a good thing because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like at least where I'm at right now, like, there's a lot of older medics who have just be, kind of become jaded, for lack of a better term, salty. Like, they're just like, oh, this patient's in pain. Time to work on getting a line for 45 minutes before we yeah. decide to give an IM and then scoop her out. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I don't know if it makes me, like, non-sympathetic, but after we couldn't, like, after two tries where we couldn't get the line, my thinking was, give it to her IM. And tell her, like, sorry, this is really going to suck, but we want to get you on the cot and we want to get you out of here. It's going to take maybe three minutes tops and it's going to hurt. But if we can get you to the hospital, the lines that we haven't been able to get, they have equipment to get the lines. They can give you the pain meds and then the doctor can reduce it and you'll feel so much better. So how would that be non-sympathetic? You're telling her, hey, we're going to we're gonna give you, first and foremost, we're going to give you pain medicine. We're going to give you something. Mm-hmm. It may not take it all the way away. It'll take the edge off, yeah. Yeah. but it's still it's still going to hurt, and it'll be a real quick burst of hurt. Yeah. And then we're going to get you comfortable to where the hurt's reduced on top of the medication. Then we're going to get you somewhere where the hurt can be resolved. It can be fixed. Yeah. I don't think that's being non-sympathetic. I think that's being realistic. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense forcing Mamaw to, to lay there for 
45 minutes to an hour, like you said, just writhing in agony as she becomes a pincushion for somebody yeah. who refuses to acknowledge that she hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more kind to just say, like, well, we're going to do this real quick. I'll give you a little bit of something, and then once we get you moved and settled, like, then we can focus on the pain for real. Oh, yeah. Well, and you're trying to get IVs in a tiny, cramped little bathroom. Yeah. She had a... It was like a glass shower, so we couldn't manipulate the shower door or the shower curtain to also get her out without breaking the glass shower door. So it was just such a... It was such a mess. Oh, yeah. And it just... The amount of time it took to even get her off of the floor, I was just... I was like, this is not okay. That's pretty rough. This is not okay. So, anything else? Anything else that sticks out that you're just like, mm, probably shouldn't do it like this, beefcake? That's the main one I can think of. That's the main one? Just like right off the top of my head because it it was such a big deal. In my mind, that it kind of overshadowed Yeah, so let's get into the nitty gritty. If you had to name one thing that me and Betty did that you were like this is kind of sus not like <laughs> not 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 like uh, not like hey this is seriously fucked off we need to we need to resolve this right now but like just just like I wouldn't have done it that way but it works like just something to where you would have done it differently oh gosh that's a hard question because I feel like most of the time our stuff goes pretty smoothly. Like oh, yeah. I don't feel like we have a lot of issues oh, yeah. with getting people out on scenes or and anything. I'm sure you've heard the term. There's there's multiple ways to skin, skin a cat. Skin a cat, yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something like like negative. It could just be like, hey, we did this. I would have done it this way. Mm-hmm. Like, in you have have you had any of them kind of th- thought like thinking them thoughts? Um, I'm always surprised with the. We haven't really had to do it, so this would just be, like, another generalized thing. I'm always surprised with how little the scoop stretcher gets used here. Fuck yeah! I love the scoop, but no one wants to use it. The scoop at the service I worked at before, Mm -hmm. we used it primarily. primarily. We used it, oh gosh, probably once a shift. I love the scoop stretcher. The scoop stretcher was amazing. Like, I don't understand. And you guys, I don't know what the one looks like on this truck. You guys still have, like, the crappy metal ones. Yeah. yeah. The, the planky new ass ones. ones that are like... There's new the ones? New they got plastic new ones? ones? Yeah. Oh, shit. They're, like, kind of like that, like, yin-yang symbol. Mm-hmm. They'll have oh, the shit. clasp on each side, so you can unclasp one side, and one side will pivot around the other end, yeah. and they can clasp back together. They're amazing, because if... You want it, like, if someone can lift up their top half but can't lift, like, move their lower half, you yeah. can have them lift up a little bit and then slide it under them and close it around them. It's so nice. They're, the new ones are so amazing. My old service, no one ever wanted to use a scoop stretcher. It was either a backboard or a fucking vacuum splint. Mm. Like, I've, never, I've never been around a vacuum splint. So it's literally, like, this soft piece of inflatable cushion and then they go and take out all the air, and it's, like, fucking hard as a rock. And mm-hmm. it molds to their body, which is great for transport, mm-hmm. but then you have to take it off of them anyways. Right. Like a scoop, you literally take it apart. You never yeah. move them. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, the scoop, there's less manipulation if you're worried about the spine. Yeah. You don't have to do the whole 
roll. Like, yeah, roll. Yeah. If you're going to roll somebody, you need, if you're going to do it the proper way, you're going to need multiple hands. The scoop stretcher, you can get away with less, like, Yeah, with two people, people, really. Yeah. yeah. Like, whenever I worked on the BLS truck, really, that was just a transfer truck and pick Mamaw off, off, off the ground. <laughs> That's really all it was. And I tell you what, I used the shit out of that scoop stretcher. Yes. It made it so easy. The scoop yeah. stretchers are so convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if someone feels like they're not going to be able to, like, sit up or stand. You can just slide it around them, and, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so easy. Oh, it takes yeah. out so many steps. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm all about less steps. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, they teach all DA math still, too. Yes. Like, that shit All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used it once. Insane. Haven't used it once. Haven't used it fucking one time. Yeah, I forgot as soon as I need? learned it. Yeah, I'm going to look at the, I'm going to look at the vial, because most of them say how many milligrams are in one milliliter, and I'm going to figure it out from Exactly. There. Exactly. Even, I'm not going to do DA. Even the drip math is the way that they teach that. It's fucking hard. I think something that, it's not something that we disagree on, but we always have differing opinion it is uh, the amount of pain meds that we give. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't I don't know. Like, sometimes I want to give more. Sometimes I want to give less. It just depends on what the patient looks like. And if I think that they are more used to, to, to certain pain meds if that makes sense yeah like if they're gonna if it's gonna hit them hard then i don't want to give very much oh yeah. yeah like if they're like oh i've been fucking popping norco like yeah but this isn't about me well that's like Linda going with through <laughs> going through <laughs> my clinicals the take that i've kind of gone on it like felt with it is if my patient's in pain i want to manage that pain because that's what we're here for mm-hmm. we're putting our patients first but Narcotics, there's a reason they're monitored so closely. Yeah. And they can be really hard on the body. I mean, it's a foreign substance you're putting into the body. You're putting it into somebody's body to help manage their pain. Yeah. But it's still not something that our body naturally produces. So if I can give them a smaller amount and that's going to manage their pain enough, I want to go towards the lower end because it's a foreign substance. I mean, it's fentanyl, but if someone is out... Someone can use it out illegally on the street. We just have a license to do it. Yeah. So it's still not great to be just overloading our patients with this narcotic. If they need it, I'm going to give it to them. But if I can manage their pain with a smaller dose, that's I feel like that's ultimately better for my patient's health. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've even been surprised myself sometimes when I just give 25 and anticipate needing to give more. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> like, yeah about it except for that lady with the bone fracture the, that was popping out like yeah that I think she just wanted to cry honestly <laughs> I do too I feel like she needed emotional support like she did she wasn't crying when we first found her no nah, she and was then once she kind of settled in I think she was like I can't believe this happened the like this is so sucky the adrenaline off, starts yeah. wearing off yeah I was like, I felt like she, I really felt the same way. I was like, homegirl just wants to ball her eyes yeah. out right now. She can't. <laughs> she just wants to cry, but she's like holding herself back from doing it. Like, you know it. what, sweetheart? All right, let's cry together. Yeah, pretty much. I was like, maybe I should hold her hand. And I was like, mm, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're an adult. It's okay. Yeah, it'd be all right. But yeah. Okay. So, I always bring up the talking points. Do you have anything you want Linda with a Y to talk about? So, what's something that you've been impressed by? Um, your guys' teamwork. I don't know how long you've been on a truck together. I know you've had... Have you had a different Since June. Yeah, since oh, June. yeah. See, I would have guessed it was longer than that. You guys are very, like... 
in sync. So I'm always impressed with how well, like you guys obviously communicate well, you're on the same page. Guess who's back? So are you. <laughs> what? In sync. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of uh, insane, huh? I don't know. I think for me, like, I've worked with so many partners over the years that, like, I've had to learn to adjust. And if I can't adjust, like, there's something wrong with them. And that sounds <laughs> yeah. really shitty, but it's, it's true. Like, I'm pretty laid back and easygoing for the most part. And if there's something that bothers me about you, like, I've had to accept that sometimes it's them and not, not me. It sounds shitty, but. Yeah. It's, it's true. So, I don't know. What about you? Oh, I'm just a vibe. Oh, so, you get along <laughs> with everybody, huh? Uh, kind of. Like, it's it's easy to get along with me. Just don't yeah. be a piece of shit. Just don't yeah. be a fuck face. Yeah. Like, that, that's about mm-hmm. as easy as it goes. Like, I've, I've said it before. Like, if you see me freaking out, like, I'm, I'm laid back. And we've had this conversation. Like, I'm laid back, but not too laid back. So, like, yeah. if, if shit's popping off and you're just like, all right, okay, <laughs> just big chilling and stuff. I don't think I've ever done that. I yeah, hope not. No, like, you're you're up and at them, and then, like, you just, you're just going. Like, we just, we just, it just bounce off of each other, and, like, it's just, it just works. But, like, just don't have a stick up your ass. I don't, I don't know how else to word it. Just don't have a stick up your ass. So, I'll be honest with you, Tylenol, whatever. I was coming to AMR, and I knew that you were going to be my partner. I looked you up on Facebook. Weird. And I saw you. What else was I supposed to do? Like, I, I was. I looked up. I, I ain't going like, to lie. Like, if I pick up a shift, I'll look up who I'm <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I heard you were coming from. Little Chicago. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what were you expecting? Like, a dumb fuck? Yeah, I was like, like oh, like, God, God damn it. Bitch. Here comes some fucking the help coming at me. I was loads of attitude. Yeah. Some shit. And I mean, it also didn't help that I had I had to listen to your horror stories from the first time that you were here, too. From other people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm a firm believer in don't judge somebody until you meet them yourself. Same. Form your own opinion. Same. Yeah. And when I was first here, like, I... I was a nightmare. Like, I was crazy, and I didn't know it, man. Being bipolar and doing this job is not easy. And then when you find out, it's like, oh, that's why I was so uh, but unpleasant. But back, back to your stalker story. Uh, oh, so yeah. so I was nervous, right? Because I had just come from Little Chicago, and I was like, man, like, I don't know if I can do another partner that I'm not going to get along with. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe EMS isn't for me anymore. Oh. Like, I, I was really down in the dumps. And so for the first two weeks, like... Here, here are you, like, large and in charge with all this personality. I was like, this motherfucker, like, I don't know if I can do it anymore. Because <laughs> I was just so beat down, and here you were just, like, happy and full of life. And I was like, I hate this. I hate this. And it's then, not that I'm happy and full of life. It's, I try to stay ahead of the curve because I don't know as much as, like, with y'all, but with me. Like, if I get down, it takes, like, like a ten times more effort to get out of being down than to, like, just stay, like, being positive. Like, I'm sure you've seen, like, whenever I get mad or whenever I get down in the dumps, it's, like, hours until I'm, like, yeah. a ha joking and shit again. Yeah, I try to leave you just be for a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I can yeah. say the one shift where, you, sh- where yeah. you showed up and you were, like, super tired, I was, like, I don't even know what to do with this. I was, like, I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to come around. Yeah. I was, like, I'm sure he's fine, but no squirting syringes at him today. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure if I did that, I'm not going to get the results you, I got last you time. get a stab with the syringe. Yeah. Needle. Oh, my God. But, no, like. 
Like it just I don't know. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in in you you get what you give. So like if you walk up into a patient's house and you're like, oh fucking patient, uh call, uh or like not even you're not even at the patient's house. You the call just dropped. If the call just got dispatched and you're like, oh my god, another call. Wham wham boo bitch bitch criticize criticize criticize. And then, like, that's going to be your tone for the whole call. If only you knew that you were going to be here for 12 hours and you were going <laughs> to run your calls. calls. You're going to do Who your job. Who fucking thunk? Yeah. I think if, if you get pissed off whenever you get dispatched to a call, it's probably time to quit. Which, don't get me wrong, we do bitch about, like, why we get called. But as soon as we get on scene, it's totally different. Like, every time. Work. Every time. And also, like, if you're a call bitcher... Like, that's also something you can remember is, like, this... I don't have anything against dispatch, but, like, dispatch, like... And usually it's the call, like, the the caller fucking it up. They'll be like, oh, this and that, this and that. Dispatch will be like, check, 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 send the call out. And then we'll get on scene, and they'll be like, oh, no, it's this, this, and this. And we'll get there. We'll, we'll get called out for, like, a... Uh, priority one hemorrhage blood squirting like 14 <laughs> liters of blood scattered through the whole house we'll get there and it'll be mammal with a skin tear yeah so I mean it just I don't know it's it's heavy on the attitude that you go in you you give you get what you give so if you give good vibes you get the good ones yeah. if you put out shit you're gonna get shit on I mean that's that's the easiest way to do it. That's fair. I mean we could bust back to the golden rule. We all know it. Do unto others as you'd have done unto you. Yeah. Bam. Look at that. Breaking back the basics. <laughs> but but yeah, I'm just a just a universal vibe. I eventually uh, realized this was a good shift with a good partner. And shit changed. So did you take a break at all or did Quit you go like lovey dovey on I'll be at a call. Oh. So, Sorry, we got a call. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple calls. Yeah, it was... Uh, hours later. Yeah. <laughs> but that's one of the beauties of the Street Medic Minute is, you know, we're we're doing this in our free time, downtime, between calls, so... Life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But let's see. What, what were we talking about? Um... Podcast, podcast, podcast. Word. After Pissmaster 2.0. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that fucking guy. Holy shit. Just call the ambulance after peeing on yourself and drinking several steel reserves. Steel reserves. And a stone. <sighs> and a stone. And a stone. <laughs> and an yeah. apartment full of cockroaches. Yeah. I mean, Tylenol. Go and look this time. <laughs> I should have went and looked. Yeah. Don't. It's roaches. What's the... Oh, I should have went and stared... You what? I've, I should have went and looked. I've never, like, checked out a roast infestation. Never been inside a hoarder's house? What kind of fucking... A roach house? You've no, never? Not bug, once? I've been in bug by uh, bed bug bed houses, bug? but not a roach house. Never, like, a roach house? Wow. Uh, that That's, was, like, my first call. Yeah. Ooh. So a roach on every single wall, multiple roaches covering every Fucking surface. Fucking roaches falling off the ceiling, landing on you. Oh, no! That, I that think I would cry. Nasty. It happened to me one time, and I had to walk outside because I was I was visibly pissed. Yeah. I think I, I was not okay. It. I would lose it. But I would lose it. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy. It was not cool. It was definitely not the move at all. But back to uh, estudiante Inc., what advice would you give? Because this is gonna be on the podcast. What advice would you give people 
like people who are in medic school because you're almost done, ain't you? Mm-hmm. What advice would you give people who are in that. medical school? Oh, even better. Technically, I'm <laughs> done. I just went to Well, my name's Blade with a Y. <laughs> but no, what advice would you give like people who are considering medical school, already in medical school? Just what? What would your What would your fun fact be? Uh, fun fact. It's not probably very fun. But um, finding a way to study that works for you. Because there's a lot of information you have to absorb. Yeah. So you need to find like a solid method of study. I can't sit still. Yeah. Same. I can't sit still and study. Welcome to EMS. Yeah. Like. I get bored and then I can't concentrate and I don't absorb any of the information. So I go to the gym to study and I just use an app that gives you practice questions that are set up the same way national registry questions are. Yeah. And I'll just say I'm going to take like a hundred question quiz Mm. and I'll do five sets, uh, five questions in between each of my sets. That's not bad. Yeah. And it helps me remember and it's also like there's studies about it, and it shows that, like, if you study while exercising, the blood flows increase to your brain, so it makes okay. memorization easier. Mm-hmm. And it seems to work for me. studied mm. over a thousand questions for the National Registry already. Yeah. And I studied them until I got all of them correct. So. I think that's the best way to get ready for the registry, though, is... Just take a bunch of practice tests over and over. Yeah. That's what I did. I mean, that's what yeah. I did for my advance, and I ain't even got Medic yet. Yeah. I first try had a fucking hour of extra time. Yeah. My ENT test, I'm pretty sure, was 15 minutes long. I can't tell you how long my paramedic test was. because My felt ENT like test I was, was super out. fast, too. And I used the same... I studied with the same app, so... Yeah. The only it problem is, is I got through all of the questions... So now I'm having to try and find a different app to study with. Yeah. What do you use? The first one I used was an EMS pocket prep, and now yeah. I found a new one. I'm not sure what the name of it's called, but it's an app that gives you tests for medics, but it's made by by other medics in preparation for the uh. NREMT. I can't remember what the app's called, though. But That's nice. So what's been your worst call uh, on clinicals so far? Worst call on clinical? Yeah. Do, hold on, before we go any further, define worst. Where you were like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, okay. The large lady on the floor. Which large lady on the floor? The hip. The one where you grabbed a handful of poo. Oh, that yeah. one! Oh, yeah. my bad. Not my uh, proudest moment. Yeah, that I was, one. I was trying to tiptoe. <laughs> trying to tiptoe. <laughs> that one just wasn't fun. No. That's like out of this like section these last 14 there was one in my earlier clinicals it was a clinical with the b team ambulance and there was a huge dust storm and a bunch of people went off the road yeah. and were like walking around trying to find them it's like can't see five feet in front of you i had like mud tears it was yeah. covered in dust the ambulance was full of dust that one just sucked because of the conditions yeah I have a uh, goggles. If the day is gonna be windy, I'll pack my goggles. That's a good idea. No. I needed goggles, a dust mask, like everything. I just, you know, struggle. You know, I just uh. Raw dog in life. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one girl had goggles, so she could like at least keep her eyes open. So she was like, she was holding my hand, just like leading me around because I seriously <laughs> couldn't nice. keep my eyes nice. open. 
and then we'd like find patient patients and we'd crawl in their cars and like ask them questions if they wanted to go or not because it turned into a huge accident was it oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's rough fun times so like trying to figure out who wanted to go instead of is a disaster. That sounds like a lot. So when you become a paramedic, what do you want your FTO to be like? I don't know. I guess I'm not super, like, I don't even know what my options are for FTO people once we, like, I don't know. Is it the same people as the ones who do the EMTs? Or is it a different? They all, yeah, they're all the same. Yeah, they're, they're all the same. They do both of them, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously I don't want to show up on the first day and then be like, <laughs> Have fun, yeah. because I know I'm going to be nervous, because I'm going to be thinking about the fact, like, I'm going to be running my own truck in however many weeks it takes for me to get done with this. Yeah. That was, so. You'll be fine. I mostly just want them to, like, shadow me. <laughs> so you do everything, and they sit back and Yeah, they just watch. watch. Yeah. And if so I do something. Right now. For the most part. I was yeah. about to say, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, if it's everything we're doing right now, I mean, yeah, you should I mean, be fine because not me doesn't I mean, jump in. I, I try really hard not to. It's hard for me not to say yeah. anything. Like, I mean, like, yeah, pretty much essentially the same thing. So, what's the one call you don't want to run alone you know, as a medic for the first time? Uh, like, this call drops and your heart falls out of your ass. Pediatric arrest. Pediatric arrest. Yeah. Why? Um, when I was an EMT, uh, we had an 18-month-old who was choking. Yeah. And she was fine. Like, she was still moving air, but, like, she was obviously choking. And while we had her, like, we just we just tried to clear the object. But once we yeah. got her to the hospital, it was really hard, too, because, I mean, I was just driving, but I had a paramedic partner, and at the time... He also had a daughter who was the exact same age. Oh, yeah. And it was also my first, like, big call with the pediatric. Yeah. And we got to the hospital, and they're, like, doing everything. And it's a small, rural town hospital, mm -hmm. so they have us hang out mm -hmm. because they don't have the hands that they need. And so they're messing with this uh, pediatric, and I go out to get the truck ready, and he comes out, and he's just, like, pale. And I was like you okay you good and he's like she just coded he's like we have to stay and I was like okay so we walked back in and every time they tried to tuber she braided down and code mm -hmm. and ultimately she ended up coding like three times in the hospital before they flew her out and then another time on the way to the hospital on the flight so they had to like divert to a different hospital and just like when I got back he was a he was a wreck because his daughter was the same age. So it was my first, like, pediatric code. He's, like, off crying, and the other five guys on the shift are just, like, all up in my shit, like, hounding me about what happened because they want to know why he's crying. Uh -oh. And so I was, like, telling them all about it, and then finally my captain just, like, asked me. He was, like, are you good? And I was, like, yeah. And then I went down to, like, the gym at the station and just bawled for, like, an hour. <laughs> Damn. So, did they ever do a debriefing with you? No. No. That's fucked up. So just, like, I mean, ultimately, we found out afterwards the hospital was really great about letting us know, like, big patients like that, how they were doing afterwards. She recovered. They didn't think she was going to have any sort of neurological 
uh, deficits or anything. She didn't have an anoxic brain injury? Mm -mm, I guess not. Like, that was just, they said they would have to watch more as, like, she grew up from the testing they had performed. They didn't think that, like, she was going to have any deficits. That's a good So, I like, it had a great ending, but just, like, having to be in the middle of all of it was traumatizing. So I just don't think, like, having to work a code like that right away on my own. Like, I think I would be stressed, and I think I would be having flashbacks. And so I would just, like, want another, another, one other medic there to be, like, making sure, like, I have a support system for it. I mean, that's one of the good things about here is if something here like that, I know the supervisor, on the on-duty supervisor we have right now, she she's on it. She's on it, like, yeah, light on rise. She's quick. And then, yeah. so... Whenever I had one, it was a code, and by the time we got there, we, we pretty much got there and called it out because, I mean, fire was mercy working it, so it was like they did all the thing, put all the stuff on there. We got there, and this baby was, it was not, it wasn't okay. This baby's right. been dead. Rigored, lividity, no way they were getting it back. They were just giving mom the, the hope until, the time like, to... like they, they tried. They yeah. tried. Yeah, I guess that's fair. You couldn't so, argue, like, she couldn't yeah. be like, hey, you didn't do anything. You didn't do nothing. Yeah. yeah. So, I have we got heard there. that there's, like, some studies that show that yeah. that helps parents with closure. Yeah. But. I had a kid who was riding a horse, and he was, like, 16 years old. The horse fucked him off and broke his neck, and he was dead as fuck. So we get there, and, like, I just called him out because he was dead. And the dad shows up, and he's like, why the fuck did they even call him? They didn't even do anything. And then he punched the truck and left a dent in the truck. And I was like, well, you're going to remember this every day. Like, I mean, granted, your son is dead, but that dent will always (laughs) remind you. (laughs) The the dent in your truck is going to remind you that your son's dead every day. He punched his own truck, yeah. And that dent, I was like, all I could think was, man, that dent. (laughs) Every time you look at it, you're going to have flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. Just something super stressful, like, right out the gate with a pediatric, like, anything. Yeah. Like, major respiratory distress or something. Because that's what it was when we had her. Just, like, a major respiratory distress. And then it turned into a code when we got to the hospital. We just had to watch all of it go down. Yeah. Did y'all, did y'all bag her? What did y'all do? Um, I was driving at the time, so I was just, like, watching in there. But I'm pretty sure they were just, like, dangling her from her feet smacking her back trying to get her to cough it up because <laughs> I felt not great they what were the not fuck? doing like the best patient so you're care. telling me rural EMS done tied this baby up on the roof and just got to beat the shit out of its back like a hanging punch bag I mean bag? I'm not really <laughs> what the fuck so I mean they kept doing like the back blows they were trying all sorts of things yeah but they didn't try to like like checking the airway or anything dropping an adjunct or anything I didn't do anything like that. Damn. Okay. So if I could give you any advice as a beginning paramedic is listen to podcasts, like medical podcasts. I listen to a shit ton. Not like Uh, this one. Not like this one. This isn't going to help you whatsoever. No, this this is a, this is a, I want to start a podcast and I got a bunch of fucking friends who are down. Yeah. So, So, but like there's heavy lies, the helmet, the world's okayest medic. Um, I think there's like coffee break EMS, flight bridge ED. But if you listen to those, like, they'll talk about certain topics. Like, Heavy Lies the Helmet has one where it's a pediatric emergency doctor, and she, like, gives you ten things you should know as a provider. That's cool. And, like, she goes and breaks it down, and I don't know. It's, it's really helpful. No one ever told me, like, hey, you should listen to podcasts until...
Mr. Krabs. He was like, hey, you fucking suck. Like, maybe you should listen to these. And I got better. So That's a good idea. Any extra way to learn is always good. Yeah. Like, good tips and pointers. So. Good thinking points. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, we found out because they were outside when she started choking. So everyone was thinking she choked on a rock. Yeah. But somehow a lima bean had gotten in their backyard. Oh. So she ate the lima bean, so then it got soft in her airway, and that's why they could get it out. So what would you do if you were faced with that situation? Yeah. As a medic? You, you, it's you say, you and me, we're partners, right? We roll up on scene, we see this baby choking. Don't don't know what, she's just choking. And you know how it presented, so you know, you know right. what it looks like. Yeah. What, what would you do? Well, first I want to, like... Obviously, just give her a once-over before I do everything because your parents are freaking out. Yeah. So you want to grab the kid. I want to check to see if she's moving air at all at first. Yeah. Like, did they do that? Is it a partial? I think they did do that, okay. yeah. Is it partial or is it full? And then I'm going to peek in the airway, and then after that, I'm going to do my uh, back blows with my chest thrust, and then I'm going to check again because if I've displaced it, maybe I can, like, do a finger sweep and get it out of there if it's come up. Yeah, I don't think it's recommended anymore for kids. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so let's say, like, when you take a look in the airway and you see it, like the lima bean, what do you do? Do some McGill forceps and... Yeah? What if it? What if you can't it. reach it with the McGills? Oh, could you, could you suction it? Could you yeah. stick a suction yeah, down just, there? Suction like, it, grab you, it, and pull it Suction and grab it and yank that bad boy. Dang, if, why don't they teach us that in school? If they do Kanto, like, isn't getting it, take it off in that soft, rigid piece. Oh, and slide it. Yeah, see if you can get it that way. If you could get, like, enough suction. Yeah, that would be a great way to approach oh, that. Oh, yeah. And then, obviously, you want to get some sort of, like, extra oxygen on there. So, would you do a crike on an 18-month-old baby? Um, with the way that that 18-month-old was presenting, she's still moving air, and she was crying, uh-huh. so I'm probably not going to go directly to that, okay. because she's still, like, obviously you don't want to have the baby breathing like this forever, but especially here, our transport times here are yeah. quite a bit shorter yeah. than the transport times we had out there. So if I can just try and continue to move, like continue to keep her moving air and doing my uh, chest thrusts and my uh, back blows. Potential to, displacement. Trying yeah, to get trying out, to get, dislodge. like trying to get it out, then get her to a place where they can do that. I'm gonna go that route yeah. because that's safer. Now, if for some reason it became a full occlusion and my baby starts, that 18 month old starts to go into like serious distress, yeah. You're gonna go for it? You're gonna, <laughs> use, might, you're gonna use a scalpel might, or you're gonna use a, a. I feel like on that age I might try to do a needle. Okay. It's not great. I'm not gonna go, their airway's too small. Yeah, I wouldn't do a scalpel. You're probably. Yeah. yeah. Do some do serious it. damage. Yeah, some shit you're not supposed to. It would also just like, where are, like, how close are we? Yeah. There's so many factors. It's a lot of factors. So when are you going to get your medic Tylenol? Oof. Oof. Um, I don't know. I've been thinking about it a lot. Because, I mean, really, like, I, I have a lot of the street knowledge, but I know street knowledge isn't going to pass my national. So. I mean, but. it's like I told you, like, even if you don't have all the, the book smarts, book smart, yeah. if you can apply it in the real world, like, mm. Like I, like, I can make it. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know. I've thought about it a lot, and I'm, I know for sure that I want to get it sooner rather than later. It's just I'm pretty sure that I'm going to get my medic later rather than sooner because I don't <laughs> I don't know. It just, uh, like, doing all this stuff sounds fun, and, like, I like to be smart. I like to know what I'm talking about. I like to be knowledgeable, and I like, I like to learn. I like knowledge. Like, I'm a knowledge whore. Like, if you got something that you want to teach me, go ahead, do it. I'll forget it. Y'all have to teach me 40 more times before I retain it. But I still want to <laughs> fucking learn it. Learn it. Yeah. It's good to know. Yeah. So I'll, I'll learn it. It's just, at, like, right now, like, it's, it's in the books. It's just not, it just doesn't sound like something that I want right now. Like, not that I'm content with where I'm at right now. But I'm content with where I'm at right now. You're just a fucking walking contradiction. Literally. <laughs> yes, but no, but yes. But maybe no. I mean, it's fair. It's it's a lot of effort to go through paramedic school. Like, what, your program was a year and a half? It was Two just years? a year. A year? Yeah, we oh, started okay. January 14th. Damn. Liz is and graduation is June, uh, December fifteenth. Liz started in October. Fuck. Liz started in October and she'll be done in August, September, something like that. Like it's quick too. Yeah. I don't know. When I signed up for the program, I was told it was going to be an in-person program. It was mostly online. All of this, it it was online. Oh my and they God. didn't record lectures. There was zero zero lecture. Might as well just go through school at EMS, man. It's yeah. Fucking rough. Yeah. Well, and that's like, we signed up for it. I moved down here, and the week before class started, they were like, by the way, we're switching to online. That's fucked up. Like, everyone's yeah. paid for it and everything. They're like, psych. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, it's not going to be what you thought it was. That's, that's shitty. And that, yeah. that program has really gone down. Well, and there was a lot of us who, like, afterwards were talking about it. And we were like, well, the reason a lot of people from AM here especially were like, yeah, I decided to do it through C, so I didn't have to do it online through School of EMS yeah. or yeah. Paracom or whatever. Yeah. And then I get here and I pay for it and they tell me they're going to do it the exact same way. That's A lot of people were really frustrated. I don't know. All I can tell you is when I did the end of the year re- review, the review was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I was very honest. Yeah, I was like, no, this was not how the program should have been. Well, yeah, they like. I remember Mr. Robbins. He didn't know anything about Intalcio two. He didn't know about the Plath wave. Um, he was really obsessed with DA. I'm like, why? Like, yeah. Have they not graduated to something easier? Was this our uh, our last student? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's, we spent a ton Mr. of time Robinson's. on DA, a ton of time on DA, a ton of time on arterial blood gases, which I mean, again, like, I, I understand, like, with it, with, like, the CO2 and stuff, but I don't have a machine to put it in there to give me my blood pH and all of this, like. I think a very basic knowledge of that is what you need to get through paramedic school, and then uh, as time goes on, you need to learn more. Like, yeah. It's it's important, but it's not as important as they make it out to be. Yeah. I don't know. What they taught me and what I know now is, is different. I just felt like they did everything backwards. It was like the stuff that's not that important and that you're going to you expand on after you're done 
were the their big points. And then the stuff that was important, they were like, just read your textbook and go on Google. Oh my god. Like that's I don't know how many times we were told Google it. Google it. Give it a Google. Do your own research. Might as well just be a Google paramedic. Right. Like a YouTube paramedic. That's, yeah. Literally. That's what everybody wants to know. Hi, my name is Tylenol, and I'm here to say to you, I got my national cert from Google. From watching YouTube videos. Right? Yeah. I think I might know what what to do here. I watched a YouTube video on the way over. Just trust me, I'm a professional. Yeah. So I should tell the next. Oh yeah. The next. Uh, the next piss master. Yes, that one. Don't yeah. worry, I'm Google certified. Wow. Don't worry, I watched a YouTube video over did, this. You'll be fine. Did they ever teach you about the hop killers or like resuscitation before intubation? RSI. No. Damn. Fuck. Yeah. No, that's I feel like so behind. I mean, Our like I said, just the things we should know. Listen to podcasts. Um, that is going to be your best friend, Imcrit, with Scott Weingart. He he's like the master. I think you have like his shit is behind a paywall, but it's worth it if you're interested. I tried to innovate this chick years ago when I was a little baby paramedic, and her stats were trash, and I didn't know about the hop killers. And I was like, well, I'll just get the tube and I'll fix everything, and you know, go on with life. And knowing what I know now, like whenever you push those drugs, and their sats are shit, you're gonna code. They're gonna code, and she did code. And so that's when Mr. Krabs came up and was like, "Hey, like, here's these videos. Watch them." And it was the hot killers. It was hypotension, oxygenation, and pH. And after that, like, I knew how to fucking not kill somebody. Yeah. So yeah. What else? Is that it? Are we done? I feel like that might be it, yeah. Do you have anything you want to ask us? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Don't be nervous now. Come on. You got a question, ask it. I ask them as they pop into my head. I'm not shy. Same. Not shy with questions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Do you have any questions for me? I guess I just had that one. Yeah, when I'm going to go get my paramedic. Yeah. Joke's on you, I'm not. I'm going to be a YouTube paramedic. I was so excited to go back to school. I had so much fun getting my EMT. 10 out of 10 would not do paramedic school again. Yeah, yeah EMT <laughs> was a breeze. Like, I remember being in class and, like... It was just so fun. Just, like, one by one. Like, I think we started with 18... No. I think we started with 30-something. It was, it was a pretty big fucking class. Just for a little ba- baby yeah. EMT. I, don't, I think 30 is an exaggeration. I think it was more like 20-something, and we ended with single digits. You want to know how bad my paramedic program was? We started with 18 and ended with 8. Damn. There's a reason that many kids could not get through it. Oh, yeah. That's right. That is not 100% on the kids at that point. Oh, yeah. You should it look is. at your teaching skills and I'm pretty sure they're going to reflect be out of business yeah. soon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, if that's it, that's it. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed the show. Join us in a couple of weeks when we talk about working on the holidays, what we eat and where we eat, what kind of patients we run on. Also be on the lookout on TikTok, Instagram uh, for our social media. It'll be Mind of the Ordinary Responder. Uh, Send us a message, whatever. Talk to you then.